Friends, our second lesson are the familiar words from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. If I speak in the tongue of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now... We see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we know that there is no such thing as preaching without your Holy Spirit in the words that are spoken and in the heart of the preacher. And so it is my prayer that you would come and fill me with the words that you want me to say. And we pray, too, that this congregation would have hearts and minds softened by the Holy Spirit so that they may hear you speak this day. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So by far... When a couple is getting married, I've been asked to preach from this text and include it in the wedding. And you can see why, yes? I think any marriage 
that starts with the reminder that love is patient and kind and you shouldn't insist on your own way, that's a great start for a marriage. And so I understand why people ask to have it read. But the Apostle Paul did not have that kind of love in mind when he wrote this to the church in Corinth. That little church in Corinth was in the middle of divisive arguments, and they all centered around who has the greater spiritual gift. Who's more important? We would never do that in our church, right? But they were doing that at that time. They were saying, well, you know, I can speak in tongues. Obviously, I have the better spiritual gift. Some would say, well, I have prophetic power. That is the more important gift. Still others said, I know scripture, and I know all of the things that Jesus has taught. That's really the better spiritual gift. And so Paul writes to them, and he tells them that all gifts are given by God And all gifts are valued. And then he tells them this. But even if you speak in tongues, it doesn't matter if you don't have love. You may have a prophetic word for God's people. Doesn't matter if you don't also have love for God's people. We are to be a people who recognize the love and grace that have been given to us in Jesus Christ so that we can offer love and grace to others. We are to be patient and kind, not arrogant, resentful, boastful. We are to be humble and we are to always concern ourselves with loving more than anything else. And that's not just a message for those of us within the church, because remember, that church in Corinth had Gentiles converting all the time. It's how we are supposed to be in the world. We are to be lovers and carers of people. If you think about it, love is at the heart of everything we know about our faith. We remember that out of God's great love, he created the world and everything in it. It was out of God's great love that when people strayed from God's love, he sent prophets to call them back. And when, even then, we could not follow, he sent out of his great love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to show us what it is to follow God. It was out of Jesus' love that he was crucified and resurrected. And it is out of Christ's love that we are promised the Holy Spirit to be here with us today. There is not a single principle of the Christian faith that doesn't have love undergirding all that it is. And so... We have to be a people who figure out how to live out that love. And I'll tell you, Fred Rogers has said that love is a verb like the word struggle. It can be hard to love. Yes, it is challenging. 
but we are still yet called to the work. And we remember that what we are called to, God will build us up for, just like he did Jeremiah. When I think about doing the hard work of loving, I think of a woman named Ruth Coker Burks, who lived in Arkansas. And in 1984, she was a young mother, and she was visiting a friend in the hospital. And the whole time she was visiting her friend, she could hear a man down the hall weeping and crying out for help. He was crying out for his mother. And so Ruth goes down to the nurse's station, and she says, hey, This man needs some help. But she realizes very quickly that no one's going to go because this man has HIV. And this is just the beginning of that terrible disease. And they are afraid of him. None of the nurses will go down there. So Ruth, who has attributed this act to her Christian faith, Ruth gets up and she walks to his room. And she sits down and she lays her hand upon his and he says, I knew you'd come, Mama. So later, Ruth calls his mother and she says, he's been dead to us for a long time. I'm not coming. And so Ruth visited every day. She was there with him every day until he died. She was kind and she was patient, and she trusted in God, and she loved this man who was dying. On the day he died, the nurses called her and said, we don't have anyone who will come and take care of the body. The coroner won't, no funeral homes will, and then after the body is taken care of, we don't know what we're going to do with him. And so Ruth called all over the state of Arkansas and she found someone who would cremate him. And she and her young daughter held a service for him in her family plot and buried him. Over the course of the next 20 years, she cared for over 1,000 people and she buried more than 50 of them in her family burial plot. But it makes me wonder why. Why would she do such a thing? Why would she, one, risk what she thought would be her own health? Why would she become ostracized? Because, friends, that's what happened. She was kicked off every committee in her church, and when she would walk in on Sunday, no one would speak to her. Her young daughter was not invited to sleepovers or any parties. Everywhere she went, people turned from her, And still yet, she continued in what she felt she was called to do, the hard work of loving the unlovable. Now, Ruth has attributed her faith to what she did, but I also wonder if Ruth knew the greatest, the greatest part of this passage is that love which is given, that love never ends, friends. It never ends. And so while this is a fine wedding text, this is what I like to read at a funeral. Because when you 
face a family who's lost the very center of their family. I want to look them in the eyes and say, love never ends. Everything else will fall away. All those gifts we thought we had, all those things we thought were important, it all falls away, Paul says, but the love remains. And Paul goes on to say that the love follows us into the kingdom. That when we die, the love that we have shared, the love that we have been given, it follows us into the kingdom. The kingdom of God will be made richer. And Paul knows that our love here is imperfect when he says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child. He knows that even our best attempts of love are not what Christ has done. But he is convinced that there will come a day when we stand before the Lord God. And you know what? At that time, we won't need speaking in tongues and we won't need preachers. We won't need faith or hope because we will be standing in the presence of the living hope. But love will remain and it will follow us into the kingdom. This is my favorite funeral text. I also, at the end of my life, I want to remember that the love I have for my daughters and my husband and my friends and my church, it will come with me into the kingdom. That I'll still get to experience the love I have for them and any love that I have brought into the world will remain Friends, this is good, good news. We give love because even if it is given on someone's dying day, it remains. Love never ends. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.